0: Canto 9, Chapter 6, The Downfall of Sobari Muni Shri Shuka said, The three sons of Ambarisha were Virupa, Ketuman, and Shambhu. From Virupa there was Prishadashwa, and from him there was a son called Ratitara, Ratitara had no sons, and therefore sage Angera was requested to beget children with his wife. That led to the birth of sons with Brahminical qualities. Being born from his wife, these sons belonged to his family. They were remembered as the dynasty of Angira and were among the sons of Ratitara, most prominent because they, being born under that circumstance, were considered double-born. When Manu once sneezed, the son Ikshvaku was born from his nose. Fikukshi, Nimi, and Dandaka were the most prominent among the hundred sons whom he begot. Twenty-five of them became kings in Aryavarta in the east, O king, as also did twenty-five of them in the west of that region. Three of them ruled in the middle region, while the rest of the sons ruled over other places. He, King Ikshvaku, once during Ashtaka Shrada offerings, ordered his son, O Vikukshi, bring me pure flesh, go for it right now without delay and so he went to the forest to kill animals suitable for the oblations, but when he was fatigued and hungry, the hero forgetfully about the fact that the flesh was meant for the sacrifices ate a rabbit. He offered what had remained to his father, who in his turn asked their guru Vajishta to purify it. He replied, All this is polluted and unfit for use. Thus, being informed by the spiritual master, the ruler understood what his son had done. Out of anger that he had violated the vidi, he consequently sent him out of the country. The king had a conversation with the scholar. In accordance with what he told him, he thereupon, living as a yogi, gave up his vehicle of time, his body, and thus achieved the supreme position. After the withdrawal of his father, Vikukshi returned to rule over this planet Earth. He worshipped the Lord with different yajnas and became celebrated as Shashada, the rabbit-eater. Puranjaya, the conqueror of the residence, was his son. He was also known as Indravaha, carried by Indra, and Kakuchta, sitting on the hump of a bull. Hear now about what he has done to receive these names there had been a devastating war, a fight between the gods and the demons, in which his supreme assistance as a hero was accepted by the godly souls who had been defeated by the daityas. By the order of the god of gods, Lord Vishnu, the super-soul and master of the entire creation, Indra, in the form of a great bull, became engaged in his Puranjaya's service as his carrier. He, well-equipped, with a first-class bow, taking up the sharpest arrows, was praised by the demigods, mounted it, and sat on the hump, prepared to fight. Favored by the power of Vishnu, the original person and super-soul, he, surrounded by the servants of heaven, then laid siege to the Daitya residence on the western side. A battle took place between him and the demons that was so aggressive that it made one's hair stand on end. All the daityas who approached him in the fight, he sent to Yamaraj with his arrows. Confronted with his shower of arrows that was as fierce as the fire at the end of time, the daityas, who were slaughtered and dispersed, fled away to return to their places. Conquering over them, he, the saintly king, turned all their wealth and wives over to the carrier of the thunderbolt, Indra. That gave him his names. From Puranjaya, there was a son called Anena. His son was Pritu, and the son that he begot was Vishwagandhi, who in his turn had a son called Chandra, whose son was called Yuvanashwa. Shravasta was his son, and he built a town called Shravasti. By Shravasta, next Brihadashva was begotten, and from him there was Kuvalayashva. He was of a great power. Together with the 21,000 sons that surrounded him, he, for the satisfaction of sage Utanka, killed a demon named Dundu. He was thus known as Dundumara, the killer of Dundu. All but three of his sons had been burned by the fire from the mouth of Dundu. The only ones that remained alive were Dridashwa, Kapilashwa and Badrashwa, O son of Bharata. Dridashva's son was Haryashwa, and the renowned Nikumba was his son. Nikumba's son was Bahulashwa, and his son was Krishashwa. Sinajit succeeded him, and from him Yuvanashva was born. Yuvanashwa had no sons and retired together with his wives to the forest. Living together with his hundred wives, he was depressed so that the sages, very merciful with him, with the greatest care began a fertility ceremony known as Indra-Yakna. One night, he, being very thirsty, entered the sacrificial arena. Seeing all the Brahmins fast asleep, he drank from the sanctified water himself, instead of keeping it for his women. After day, in the morning all woke up, and next found the water-pot empty, O Prabhu, They inquired who was responsible for drinking the water that was meant for giving birth to a child. Understanding that it by providence was drank by the king, they all prayed to the Supreme Lord, saying, Alas, the power of God is what rules! And so, lo and behold, after due course of time, the lower abdomen of King Yuvanashua opened itself at the right side from which a son was born with all the qualities characterizing a good king. Who now would supply the child with milk? It was crying that much, thirsting for it, that King Indra said, do not cry my child, just drink from me, and thereupon gave it his index finger to suck. It was the mercy of the divine scholars that the father did not die because of the baby he gave birth to. Yuvanashwa later on achieved the perfection of life by doing tapas in that same place. Dear King Indra gave the child the name Trasadashu, the fear of the rogues. Crooks like Ravana and such were afraid of him. Yuvanasva's son, Mandata, by the power of the Infallible One, thus could rule the surface of the earth with its seven continents as the one and only master. He also, in full awareness of the Supersoul, worshipped Yajna, the lord of sacrifices, the god and Supersoul of everyone elevated above the sensual plane. This happened in sacrificial ceremonies that were attended by all the godly people, whom he rewarded with large donations the ingredients, the mantras, and the regulative principles, the worship and the worshipper, as also the priests in their dharma of proceeding according to the time and place, altogether contributed to assure that the interest of the true self was done justice. For all the places mentioned, that stretch from where the sun rises above the horizon to everywhere it sets, one speaks about the field of action of a Juvenasho son Mandata, The ruler, Mandata begot in the daughter Bindumati of a king called Shashabindu, the sons Purukutsa, Ambarisha and Muchukunda, who was a great yogi. Their fifty sisters accepted sage Sobhari as their husband. He, Sobari, performing an uncommon austerity in being submerged in the depths of the Yamuna river, saw in his penance how a big fish was enjoying sexual matters. Thus being sexually awakened, the scholar begged the king, Mandata, for a single daughter. The king said, You may marry a daughter of mine, O Brahmin, if that is what she chooses. He thought to himself, Women do not like me. I'm too old. I'm not attractive to them. I'm wrinkled, have grey hair, and a head tremor. I will be rejected. Let me make it so that my body is desirable to the women of heaven not to mention the daughters of the worldly kings this was the resolve of the mystic the sage being announced by an envoy was admitted into the quarters of the princesses that were opulent in every respect there he was accepted by all the fifty princesses as their single husband A great quarrel rose among them when they, being attracted to him, gave up their friendship by saying things like, This man is the right person for me, not for you. He, as a result of his austerity, knowing many a mantra, enjoyed with his wives an unlimited opulence with everything that one could wish for. All kinds of finely furnished houses and quarters, parks, the clearest water in ponds amidst fragrant gardens costly bedding and furniture clothing and ornaments there were bathing places palatable dishes there was sandalwood paste and a dress up with garlands and decorations of all men and women who in constant glee were accompanied by the song of birds bumblebees and professional singers the ruler over the seven continents mandata was struck with wonder when he saw sobari's family life because of which he no longer could pride himself on being the emperor of the world blessed with all opulence. So Bari, though, who was always engaged in the happiness and diversity of the material affairs of his household, could not find satisfaction in his enjoyment, just like a fire cannot that is fueled with fat. One day, sitting down and wondering how his straying away from the true self could have taken place, The expert in many mantras saw that it had been caused by a couple of copulating fish. Alas, see how I, who was such a great ascetic, fell down. I, so observant and strict to the vow, was distracted from the spiritual life that I practiced for so long. Just because of the thing aquatics do underwater. He who seeks liberation must give it up to associate with those who are loose in their sexual morals. He should in every respect avoid it to give free rein to his external senses. He should live alone in a secluded place and fix his mind on the lotus feet of the unlimited Lord. And if he seeks intimate association, he should associate with like-minded souls of detachment. As a renunciate, I was all alone underwater, associating with fish, and thus acquired 50 wives, not mentioning the 5,000 grandchildren I begot. I see no end to all my duties, here and in the hereafter, that are occupying my mind, for I, under the influence of the basic qualities of matter, being motivated for my own interest, lost myself in the material enjoyment. Thus regretfully living at home, he in due course of time, became detached and situated in the renounced order of life. He went to the forest and was followed by all his wives, for he was their object of worship. In his penance, there being of the severest austerity conducive to self-realization, he, conversant now with the fires of the personal self, engaged himself with the Supreme Self. O Maharaj, The wives who saw their husband progressing spiritually managed under that influence to follow him, just like the flames do with a fire that extinguishes.